0: Welcome to the Imaginal Inspirations podcast with me, David Lorimer, where I talk to my guests about experiences, people and books that have shaped their lives and work. Imaginal cells play a key role in the metamorphosis of the caterpillar into a butterfly, which is the Greek symbol for the soul. These cells are dormant in the caterpillar, but at a critical point of development, they create the new form and structure, which becomes the butterfly. My guest today is Anna Bakia, who describes herself as an Fleet innovator, researcher, teacher, and writer. She has conducted more than 40 years of research in human sciences and cognitive sciences, where she has focused on unexplored aspects and qualities of the cognitive, creative, and intuitive processes. She's founder of the Consciousness Institute in Lugano, Switzerland, and of Life Leaders International Project. And she holds educational trainings and programs on consciousness self life dedicated to an unexplored intuitive communicating and understanding in synthony with the nature of life anna is a life member of the world peace forum a laureate of the luxembourg world peace prize a creative member of the club of budapest as i am as well and a research fellow of the laszlo institute of new paradigm research Her most recent project is AI and the Living Intelligence, while her most recent book is entitled In-In, if I've got that right, Our Intuition, Which Transforms and Creates. Welcome, Anna.
1: Thank you. Thank you, David, and thank you for this invitation to this special podcast.
0: Well, I'm going to go straight into my first question, which is about a shaping moment involving your choice of work.
1: Really, there have been many particular moments which have been fundamental and, let's say, transformative in my life. Uh, Probably I would start from when I was studying medicine, and uh, I remember still now the moment when I went to my professor of biochemistry and I asked him, I would like to know which are the biochemical basis of the human behavior. I mean, how does it happen when a human being is touched, he wanders into it, or when he starts creating or opening new ways, new perspectives? And On one hand, there was such interest of mine. On the other, in my studies of medicine, I was confronted with centuries of rational investigation which have been constructed in order to focus on the relationships among organs, cells and molecules, while creating a physiology which allows a a classification of the body and of its processes, and allows to make a diagnosis. One example, imagine our blood and our red blood cells, which are generated, let's say, at the rate of 200 billions of new cells per day. Now imagine that the blood of a person shows no signs of the precursors of the red cells, which are called reticulocytes. Well, if it is not possible to determine the cause of this lack of production, and given that no one knows, let's say for sure, how long a red blood cell lives, it is possible that the diagnosis is, given that you are not replacing your current red cells, your life expectancy can be no longer than... 90 days. Now, this rational reasoning is impeccable under a logical point of view. But I was perceiving that the impeccability of such rational reasoning was architected in function of finding an association between symptoms and a classifiable disease And in such context, I was perceiving that such such kind of reasoning risked to be dangerously divorced from the ordinary human experiences, perceptions, resonances, and their meanings, and their relationship with the life of a person, including including well-being and health. So in front of this, I felt that... There had to be something else, and this was a deep question for me, that I started not to follow the faculties with the same interest. In such context, I started to deepen something which was connected to medicine from my point of view, and this was the creative field. And the nature, specifically the nature of the creative field. And when, uh, when I was exploring the human voice, I discovered the unexplored qualities of the pure frequencies of the voice and their capability to completely rebalance the bioenergetic field of human being. Connected to this, I have been so touched and inspired by the meaning of voice in Indian culture that I started to study Vedic psychology and I got the degree. And only later on I was able to see that such ancient Vedic wisdom was for me the premise of my subsequent exploration of the natural life as seen by quantum physics. The vision on the natural reality, which Vedic wisdom offered me in resonance with my subsequent readings on quantum physics, brought me to the question, um, with the possibilities which we all have to build reality sensibly and coherently with the natural reality itself, why build it? inside the boundaries of how we are used to think and define, when the infinite possibilities are already here within us. And it is in such context that the next step of my transformation emerged through my subsequent research on the nature of intuition and creation. Within ser- such results of mind, rooted on the vision of the natural reality according to the quantum field theory, we can conceive the vacuum as a field of infinite possibilities which emerge in our space-time dimensions as waves, as frequencies, as information, let's say an ocean of information in which we are immersed and of which we are made. And this really captured me.
0: Well, you're, you're you're given a you know quite a long description of these this, these sort of formative thoughts, but I'm also interested in you know who influenced you when you were in this formative process, and and what books you found particularly helpful. I don't know whether you could say something about that.
1: Uh, yes, um, for sure. One of the most important books which I've read is quantum healing of Dr Chopra for the intersection between Western medicine and thinking. He is a researcher and medical doctor who has studied in the United States, and the Vedic culture from which he arrives because his origin is Indian. And so I have followed Dr Chopra through many of his books. At the same time, i followed and I've met Fritjof Capra. I met him several times in San Francisco, in Italy, and even in Switzerland. And I read The Tao of Physics and The Web of Life, among others. But most of all, I have had a long discussion with Fritjof about the themes which I've mentioned before. Then, a fundamental book for me is for sure Then in the Art of Archery by Eugene Herigel. Because this book represents a fundamental meeting with the Oriental and Japanese culture and way to conceive life. For instance, how creation is a process of which man is an instrument and not the author, or how the flow of events passes through us, rather than us doing something. I would say that there is a wise, deep, profound experience and vision beyond these words. But then for sure, I cannot forget, one of the most important texts which I've read is Physical Analogical Foundation of a Conscious Reality by Dr. Paolo Renati, an Italian physicist and PhD in physics, who is creating one of the most important synthesis and advanced vision in the evolution of perspectives in physics. Because based in on quantum field theory, he looks at reality and recognizes reality as a self-conscious allness. Probably this book and these authors are among the most important references in, in my exploration and read it. but just I cannot forget that the grand inspiration I got from the Baha Gita and the infinite wisdom of the Vedic Upanishads.
0: Yes. Have you had any uh, really transformative experiences that have changed your your viewpoint? Because often people, you know, we we find that when in these kind of conversations that there's, there's, a, there's a crucial experience or meeting that someone has had in their lives which has really made a difference. Oh, is sure. that the case for you, or is it more gradual? Uh
1: well, some very important, transformative, and unforgettable meetings in my life have happened for sure. And first of all, with my teachers, to whom I'm deeply grateful. At high school, my professor of history of art opened up to me a larger perspectives on the extraordinary dynamics inherent in the creative processes also seen through the lives of the greatest artists of all times. And at the university, my professor of biochemistry, which was proposed for the Nobel Prize, opened my vision on the humongous processes of intelligence of life and how the intelligence of life engenders all the processes of autopoiesis, of transformative flow of the constant self-regeneration of life. And one of the most important steps I remember, which is still very close to me now, is how is it possible that a simple thought of ours can enter in a sort of, let's say, dialogue, with all the cells in our body and through neurotransmitters and ne- new receivers something like mm, let's say 50 trillion cells in, of our body can be informed by a thought of ours with an information which travels more rapidly than the speed of light Moreover, if we are looking at what is the role of DNA and RNA in our body, we can recognise how the intelligence of life informs the DNA and how this gives form to our states of well-being. And I really propose to contemplate uh, the intelligence of life in, in all living beings and human beings a constant process of resonance, let's say a, 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 a process of dialogue which takes place between the intelligence of life and the living beings and human beings. Because if everybody, and I'm thinking in this moment most of all to the young generation, if everybody could really know and really touch really recognize this dialogue between intelligence of life and all living beings, probably human beings could enter in interrelation with every emergent phenomenon of life and with everything from another point of view. Because the grandiosity, the beauty, the ineffable resonances flowing in the field of existence Which are created in a sort of dialogue between our intuitive intelligence, for instance, and living intelligence, can enlighten wider perspectives and, uh, and let's say, open interrelation of ours, which engender a knowledge, a new knowledge emerging from resonances, where the explorer and explored are not two any longer. And in such knowledge, we experience the holistic reality, where nothing is separated, and everything is oriented by the living intelligence which is embodied in the life which we are.
0: And so that's really a key insight to have, isn't it? This, this oneness, this intelligence, um, the fact that we are all in dialogue with this, um, both individually and within our own systems. So, how, how does your overall understanding of consciousness and life influence the way you live your life?
1: You know, when I start looking at consciousness, I understand that we are dealing with something which belongs better, which fades into the ineffable of life. I live and I perceive and I look at consciousness as the symphony of life which we are, the poetry of the continuous process of autopoiesis or of self-regeneration of all the field of existence. While conceiving consciousness, we could contemplate an open channel between singularity and multiplicity, a channel which connects non-locality and local aspects of our life, where locality and non-locality are interwoven and not, not separated, ubiquitous and here. And in such vision, I'm teaching, I propose experiences which can lead us to touch, to recognize, how we are 100% of unity and 100% of diversity.
0: Well, indeed. And how do you think, how does this relate in your own thinking to the work you've done on world peace?
1: Well, I don't feel peace like something to reach outside of us. I embrace the possibility that we can recognise peace as one of the most natural human attitudes and quality, an inner human quality, which is interwoven with our sentience, with our natural attitude of interrelation with everything. If I can see like this, I don't think that I can do something there outside, in order to reach peace, but I can just just look deeply within myself, my thoughts, my conceiving, my relationships. How much am I aware and aligned with the deep natural of life which we are, with the symphony of life which we are?
0: So, so, this sense of peace is also a sense of depth, if I'm understanding you correctly. And The, the sense of unity, the sense of peace, the sense of depth that we can really find inside ourselves if we tune into it.
1: Uh, you know, I see that depth can be a description of something, a definition and i deeply perceive that our sensitive perception our constant constant sensitive interrelation with all the phenomena and events in our common daily life is a unique unrepeatable undescribable experience in the linear thinking and verbality we use to define what we live but the naturality of the human perceiving our natural human attitude to be touched by our experiences, to resound them, to be transformed by them, to be enlightened, to be inspired, to wonder. And the naturality on which you use to speak, to answer, to respond, to listen, to perceive, to conceive is so present It's so here, it's so now, it's so what I am in this moment, it's so present and now, that in the moment when we are sensitively experiencing all this, we recognize that our experience is ineffable, that any adjective, measure, any definition has depth or shallowness. Is not able to contain the grandiosity of our experience, which belongs to those ineffable extensions of life that no measure can deliver. They belong to that infinite and unextended, unextended that the day cannot embrace.
0: Well I think that's a very good way of putting it and I'd just like to, to come to the end of our, our, our conversation by asking you a couple of other questions. The first is, do you have a favorite quotation that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: A quotation um, a quotation on mine could be this if we could start to distinguish, not to confuse the description of reality, the description we use to give of reality. From the unique, unrepeatable, indescribable, ineffable experience of reality which we live, we really could start from a new kind of envisioning and of awareness of our interrelations with everything.
0: That's very, very beautiful. Thank you. And then, uh, do you have any advice that you would give your younger self from your current perspective?
1: Uh, You know, probably it can sound strange, but in myself, even when I was young, when I was a child, there was an awareness that... All that I was wondering or dreaming and projecting, looking onward, all was already inside me. I was not a child who was in a hurry for something because I was observing that every time I had a question or there was a kind of interest for something over which I had wandered. Life was precisely immediately giving me possibilities, inspiration or meetings or something, that there were no wishes, no desires, no dreams that were not, let's say, directly uh, in front of me.
0: So in a way, what you're saying is that the, the sense of present and being in the present and being in the now You've always had that, and so yeah. you don't need to advise your younger self to be any different from what no. you actually were.
1: But really, probably I could sing a song to my younger self. But, but not a song with words, I mean. But something like an improvised melody something as I used to sing when I was a child. And I will sing, you know, today, to renew and find again, today, together with my younger self, the vastness of the sense of music. That infinite of music, which I've loved to find again and again when I was a child. As if such vastness of music were a place, but an infinite and an extended space where I could lose myself. A place where I could always go and play with my voice, for instance. And that place, which today is not different, It is still the same, because it is connected to that sense of light freedom, something like lightness and freedom, and connected to the original innocence on which you can freely open never-ending new ways, which you can take and discover, just like music in itself, Offers the infinite resolutions and, me- and developments which music always has taken in its uncountable mel- melodies. Just like the infinite possibility of which life, our life, consists. And, and now, If I now can realize that our nervous system is a perfect system, completely uh, flexible and capable to interact with life, and if I also today I can recognize how life is continuously self-regenerating, adapting, becoming, while it responds perfectly, coherently, to the questions, to the needs, to the emerging needs of the cells, themselves. Then I would sing again to my younger self. I would sing the sense of the harmony which permeates everything. (laughs) You know, and this happened last last happened last night. Well, I was in my bed and something like a melody of my childhood emerged. And, and I started smiling. And you know, every melody, every melody which emerges spontaneously and naturally. And I could say everything which emerges innocently, spontaneously and naturally as an improvisation can follow the immense natural sense of the essence of life which is embodied within us so our breathing our singing our sense of beauty is not other than the breathing of life
0: that's a beautiful point to end on thank you so much anna for sharing your deep insights and wisdom with our listeners
1: thank you david for inviting me to this podcast and to giving me the possibility to share something of my life with you and with all of our listeners.